0: no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? Week 16 of Ronde and Tiki presented by Superbook. Merry Christmas, everyone. This is the official Christmas week. Yeah, because I guess next week it'll be after Christmas. So Merry Christmas. Hope got you got all your shopping done, uh, especially Brandon Staley, who no longer has a job. Uh, welcome to the holidays. See ya.
0: <laughs> right. Who cares about Christmas, Tiki? Football season's still going on. Christmas is like a just a day that gets in the way of <laughs> meaningful football games. I'm 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 not the Grinch, but I am uh well kind of I'm wearing purple. I guess that's a Grinchy color. Um uh, I'm not the Grinch, but football season is much more important. I bought my wife two things, it's all she needs. She does the rest <laughs> of the shopping, uh and I can keep talking about football. So let's talk about football. dan yeah. So I think probably, I think probably every Los Angeles Charger, since you brought it up, their best gift was getting rid of Brandon Staley this year. It, it's going nowhere. So I want to congratulate though, Gift Smith. Do you know who Gift Smith is?
1: I do not know who Gift Smith is. I don't,
0: I don't know who Gift Smith is either. But he's been wow. on three staffs with the Chargers. So Merry Christmas, Gift. Gift, your cool. gift is to be the head coach of a team that's underperforming. Good, good Wait, good is, he like, is he like 60? I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm going to have to do some research. If I really cared, I'd do the research right now. But I do know this. He's a, he's a really good defensive line coach, and he's been around a while. Uh, and so this is probably, I mean, I keep saying it, it's probably a gift promotion for him just to get his name yes. uh, in in the in circulation for, you know, possible some other job somewhere. Not a head coaching job, but just some other job with some other staff because they obviously have respect for him if he's been through three staffs on the same deal.
1: Yeah. Do you think there's going to be another one before the end of the season? There's only three weeks left. you think there will be another firing before the end of the season? Because we always yeah. know what usually happens on Black Monday, but we've already gotten three and, we're you know, the season's yeah. not over. Will there be another one?
0: I think you look at those teams that, you know, are underachieving uh i mean you can really make any (laughs) indication in the afc or nfc south uh, of teams that are that are underachieving and maybe say you know as soon as one of those teams or their team is eliminated that could happen uh but i think because you're so close you just see it out i always always like i always think of firings in season as a way to evaluate somebody that you have on staff that you want to see if he can handle the job and with what three weeks left after this like there's really yeah, what no two weeks doing? left after this. There's nothing, yeah. there's nothing you can see from anybody.
1: Yeah. It, take, it takes a special kind of awful, as my WFAN radio host Evan <laughs> Roberts likes to say, to get fired before the end of the season. And right. Brandon Staley's 63 point, as the defensive head coach, by the way, 63 point, whatever you want to call that, giving up. Uh, this weekend, that was a special kind of offer. The only other ones that jump to mind, I think that Ron Rivera might be a mutual just parting. That feels yeah. like that's going to happen at the end of the season. Matt Eberflus in Chicago is interesting right. as well because there are moments where you're like, Chicago actually is figuring it out, and then they lose three games, uh, their third game by winning more than ten points in the fourth quarter, right. and then obviously Arthur Smith in Atlanta. Who lost to one of the worst teams uh, in recent memory in the Carolina Panthers? And they did it by giving up a seven, no, 17 play? How long was that last drive? Yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was <laughs> the, 17, right?
0: Nice. You know what it was? It was something that this year's Carolina Panthers aren't capable of producing, and yet they did. And, now, and Atlanta's got a pretty good defense. You know, you talk about special, kind of awful. You know what a special, kind of awful really is? Getting fired between Christmas and the end of the season—that's <laughs> true. That's you true. can take that back to your co-host and tell them yeah. that. Yeah,
1: if that happens, that means you're really bad.
0: Yeah, you know what? I was—I was just going to say though, Tiki, this is the time of the year where you know you're basically in if you win, out if you lose. So it brings up that that question. I think you're getting ready to ask me, who was was the most disappointing loss of the season Uh, uh, or of last week? Uh, I think you really just got to boil it down to two teams in the same division. Uh, Was it the Cowboys or the Eagles? Um, And look, I I know that the two 10 win teams, teams that are obviously going to make the playoffs, you know, that the East has decided and 10 wins should get you into the playoffs. Assuming, you know, you know, Eagles don't continue their, their slide here, but of, of the two, the most disappointing to me, it's got to be the Eagles. I think the Cowboys is probably an anomaly. We'll talk about them later down the road because they got a really good game this week against the Dolphins. But the way that Philly is losing games now, it, it, it makes you feel like they're not going to win any games. Um, yeah. They're not scoring points. There's clear dissension and, and uncohesion. What's the word? Discohesion. Uh, cohesion. Yes. Not <laughs> yes, right. Going on in their locker room, people talking, you know, when 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 voices start coming out of the locker room to media and whomever's listening and it's a kind of a jab either at a teammate or a, a coordinator or the, the, the way that the, the system is going that's causing us to lose game. And, you know, you're in trouble. And so this is their third loss in a row. It, it can, it, it, it's by me the more disappointing, uh, not because it was to Seattle. Seattle's fight for a playoff spot in Drew lock who we can talk about, I thought played great, but the, the fact that this was once the best team in the NFC, at least we thought, and now they're no longer even in close to that conversation, to me, makes this third loss in a row the most disappointing from
1: last Yeah, weekend. I mean, I, I could argue the Cowboys because it felt like they no showed in Buffalo. It was a game against a, I don't want to say the, the Bills are world beaters, but the team that was supposed to be really good this year. They've had their own struggles. The Cowboys, you know, have the just world-class defense. They get run on for 266 yards and Dak Prescott felt um, not horrible. Cause his interception was late. I mean, who cares? It was, it just felt like he had no answer. And part of it was play calling because the bills just kind of kept everything in front of them and rallied to the balls and, you know, made tackles and, it just it felt flat from a, from the cowboys but you're right Ronnie it is the eagles the eagles were 10 and 1 dude they were winning games improbably their only loss was a fluke loss to the jets and all of a sudden they can't win right they're beat up offensively uh, even i think jalen hurts is banged up but i think the biggest issue Rondi, is that last year their defense could manufacture stops yep their defense could manufacture turnovers their defense now is very compromised and I ask one question, right? Um, by the way, the other thing that you mentioned, there is dissension going on, and you know it because their defensive coordinator got put in the booth and demoted Sean Desai for Matt Patricia, who, if you re-watch this game, just go watch the third downs. Third and longs, he did the same thing. It was, it was yeah. either man or two man every single time. So, Rondé, as a former cornerback, there's 33 seconds left in the game. The only thing you got to do is not give up a touchdown. It's, let them catch it and tackle them. What's the only right. thing that you don't and let it, happen?
0: And by one of your best players, certainly one of your highest played, they right. paid defenders on that side of the ball. And look, James Bradbury's a good player. He's not playing like the James Bradbury that we know. Not, he's not even playing as good as he was when he with the Giants before they traded him last year. Um, something – is a miss on that side of the ball and it could be just as simple as they don't trust what's going on you know if you're James Bradbury in that situation the, you you said it the only reason the, the only thing you can't get beat, do in any situation is get beat deep right it's a, it's an easy score but with 33 seconds all you gotta if you don't want to bump and run the guy just turn and run you can stay on top of Jackson and Smith and jigba he's not a burner uh, but his technique was so bad that like it, it's hard for me to believe that's one of the best corners of football. It was so bad, bad. Uh, but, but to your point, um, you changed coordinators um, the week before this game, you you you, you have a game plan going in and it's to on those situations play press man, bring pressure, make this quarterback drew Locke, who's backup. Obviously he's capable because he showed that But you make this quarterback, get the ball out of his hands quickly. But all you do when you play man to man on the line of scrimmage is give him a quick, easy decision and know that one guy can beat one guy, and that's how they lost that football game. It was just it was poor coaching, to be honest with you. And just don't put yourself in that position to
1: get beat. Right. And if you're gonna play man, play two man, right? At least give some sort of cloud coverage over top. Do something, right? Other other than that. So you're right, it, it was the Eagles. Their loss was disappointing, and now let's call it a get-right game that they have this weekend against the New York Giants, who are not technically out of the playoff contention. They have like a 2% chance of making the postseason if they win out. And um, yep. But, I mean, look, we, we know what is going on. They're just – they're inferiorly ta- talented than the Philadelphia Eagles. If the Eagles don't show up this weekend, we can forget the conversation. The other thing that's happening with them is that Jalen Hurts, who last year led the league – and This is in a positive way in turnover percentage, 1.1%, which is which number one in the league tied with Daniel Jones, is turning the ball over a lot from fumbles yeah. to uh you know interceptions. Yeah, he scored 14 rushing touchdowns on the season, but he's not this quarterback that feels beyond reproach like he was a year ago. So it's 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 mismatched everywhere. With the Philadelphia Eagles, it feels like this year. And it, look, I'm not taking the Giants this weekend. There's no way you can because this is a get right game for the Philadelphia Eagles. But I have a sense that it's not going to be the blowout that everybody thinks.
0: What do you, what do you, you don't want the the, the Giants at plus 12, uh, plus <laughs> yeah, 500?
1: No, I, I'm saying I would. I'm not, <laughs> I wouldn't money line the Giants here. But you know what? 12 points, I, I'd give that, I'd, I'd take that for the Giants. Plus 12, give All me right. the Giants. So the other team that- talking about that game. But you're right. Yeah, you know, you're right. But because th- week 16, but like, there's literally
0: three games left, right? After this week, there's only two games. These are the these are the identity weeks, right? Because like we said earlier, you win or, or you're in, you're in, you lose, and you're out. Uh and there's great games uh in the in the uh, in the NFC, uh, especially in the NFC North, uh, because uh the teams that we talked talk about all year long. I mean, this has been kind of your sounding board uh, all year long. It's these Detroit Lions. And I guess I get the question that we have to ask ourselves because of their slide. You know, they lost two out of three uh, coming into last week's game. Did they answer any questions by essentially emasculating the Denver Broncos the other day, uh, yeah. who came in winners of six or seven, and that game wasn't even close. That game wasn't even a game. Uh, but it looked like Detroit that we expected Detroit to be.
1: The Detroit Lions are still trying to figure out how to play a full season. Right. There are moments when you're going to see them and they're just going to be exceptional. But I think there's other moments where right they they still they still aren't that team. They're not the Kansas City Chiefs yet, even though they beat them at the beginning of the season. Like they're not that team yet. Ed Campbell is working to change and build this thing so it's every week you get consistency. And the biggest issue honestly has been Jared Goff right when he's on, he's he has his he has his, his wits about him. He doesn't make mistakes. He gets the ball out of his hands quickly. That, and, and more importantly, their run game is going, then Detroit can beat anybody. And that's right. what we saw against the Denver Broncos, whose defense was vastly improved. I think in our minds, we have the Denver Broncos that got destroyed by the Miami Dolphins. That hasn't been them over the last six or so weeks. But I think what Detroit has been able to do is that they utilize their run game and it lets their play-action game just excel. And with, with these two young players, Sam Laporta, their tight end, and uh, Jameer Gibbs, who accounted for five touchdowns on, on, against the Denver Broncos, right? They have this dynamic nature. And then they can just crush you with Montgomery and the backfield. So I think it was their get right game. Um, and and back into this mode of we are gonna beat the teams handily that we're supposed to beat. And it sets them up against the Minnesota Vikings. Like, this is their chance to win the NFC North for the first time and I mean, since it was called something else. I think, yeah. it, was called, I think it was the well, it was
0: NFC North, just different set of teams. I think it was 93? Yeah, something, that something like that.
1: It's it. been a long Somebody time. Somebody can fact check. So, so this is their chance. And, you know, look, the Minnesota Vikings are coming off a blown fourth quarter um, game a week ago. I think uh, – I, I like Nick Mullins. <laughs> uh, you know, I think he played well. But these, with uh, these, he when, really that's the thing. So when he needed to start making plays, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and he, so he, the quarterback situation for Kevin O'Connell has been it's been bad. It you know, ever since we we it makes you appreciate Kirk Cousins, and there's he's a chance really not bad. to be there next year, right? Yeah. And so he's a free agent, somebody else might pay him more money. The Kevin O'Connell and the or 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 um uh Quesi might just say we we're ready to go in a different direction, but where are you going? <laughs> You're not you're not drafted high enough to take one of these kids, one of these prospects, because you're almost going to make the playoffs. It's Minnesota's in a weird like they're in a weird no man's land because they're not good enough to be a playoff team, but they're not bad enough to be rebuilding. Um, And then they and they have the Detroit Lions, who I think might dominate them if they play their best game.
0: Well, they're in a competitive rebuild. That's what he was saying at the beginning of the year. I, I, I keep. Falling back on what exactly is a competitive rebuild. It's exactly what the Minnesota Vikings are. They're a competitive team that is a couple of players away. For instance, a a hurt quarterback away from being very, very competitive year round and winning this division again. I mean, we go back to this team earlier in the year, they lost a bunch of close games you know, whereas a year ago they were you know, they were 11, 11 and 0 in one score games or whatever. This year, I think they were 0 and 7 at one point in in in, in those in those in those games. Uh but the reality is they come into this week, week 16, uh 3-point dogs at home, which is not unexpected, uh versus a 10-win Lions team and and having to win essentially three games in a row to win the division. And that's if th- that would be beating Detroit twice. Right. And then having Detroit lose to whoever that middle game is uh, uh, that Detroit plays. I think it's Dallas. Is it, isn't it? it like who – do, who does Detroit play uh, two weeks from now? But it, either way, Minnesota still has a chance. And because of the confluence of uh, uh, issues in right. the NFC, they're still it in is the down. playoff picture, man. They, they're not, they are not completely out of the playoff. It is Dallas, right? So it's not out of the realm of – possibility that the vikings can win two games versus detroit minnesota uh, detroit loses to dallas and all of a sudden they're nfc
1: north champions again not saying it's possible (laughs) yeah (laughs) probable but it is it is possible i just don't know if they're gonna minnesota can beat detroit twice that, that's the challenge and I, I mean especially, I kind of in a, especially in a three weeks three week period right, right? so I, I love and I hate the new setup that the NFL has instituted with scheduling where you put these division games like right. back basically back to back at the end of the season I get it it makes it intriguing but it almost feels unfair in, 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 a, in a sense um anyways we'll come back Rondé, on the other side we'll get to segment two of Rondé and Tiki presented by superbug you. However, as a listener, get a chance to win a trip to the biggest football game of the year, courtesy of Superbook Sports. Superbook will fly you and a friend to Las Vegas for February's championship game. And they will also give you two tickets to that game, plus a three-night hotel stay. All you got to do is place a $25 same-game parlay between now and January 7th. So a $25 Same game parlay between now and January 7th. is pretty easy, and you're automatically entered to win. So wager and win a super trip to Las Vegas, courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions, gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLING.
0: Welcome back. Segment two of Ronde and Tiki presented by Superbook. Tiki, it's my segment. So I get to talk about whatever I want to, and I want to talk about momentum in December. Uh, Dude, next week, before remind me next week that we have to talk AFC South. AFC South has eight and six, going into this week, eight and six Jacksonville, Mm -hmm. eight and six Indianapolis, eight (laughs) and six Houston Texans. That could get really, really, really very interesting uh, as well as the NFC South. We'll talk about that later. Uh, But the AFC South has me intrigued. The only reason I bring up the AFC South, because it was a huge game last week uh, in terms of playoff positioning uh, between the Pittsburgh Steelers and Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, the Colts were the better team. (laughs) They dominated the Steelers uh, without a quarterback. What was that score? 30 to 13. Uh, Yeah. uh, And we could be talking about other things. But Pittsburgh is in free fall. I'm actually going to this game this weekend. So I want to talk about this. Pittsburgh's in free fall. Uh, Cincinnati right now is in a playoff spot. Right. Uh, uh, Cincinnati started one and three this year, right? And then lost three in a row in in November. And I don't disagree on uh, on your Jake Browning take from a week ago, a.k.a. the Yak King. Uh, But look. He won a big game last week. And this afternoon, this Saturday afternoon, so December 23rd, so I'll be home for Christmas, people. Don't worry. I will be back here for Christmas. Uh, The Bengals are at the Steelers. Steelers are two point dogs uh, at home right now. Uh, And this couldn't be a more like a doozy of a football game uh, where something's got to give. Three in a row for uh, Cincy, they're on a heater. Pitt's butts are warming up as they slide down the torpedo of a three-game losing streak. How good is this game
1: going to be? Well, oh, uh, I mean, yeah, this, this this game feels like it's an indictment game if the Steelers lose it, right? At home, your dogs, you you should be motivated in every possible way. TJ Watts, you know, he's he's having a phenomenal season, DPOY quality with the lead in the league in sacks type of thing. But the same thing that we've been talking about basically since the end of last year is still plaguing this team. Like we thought it was the quarterback. Yeah, maybe it wasn't the quarterback. Maybe it's the coordinator. So you fire the coordinator. You change quarterbacks. I mean, they they don't have an offensive solution. They don't have an offensive identity at all. It's 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 I know it's frustrating because Mike Tomlin's a great coach. Mm -hmm. But when your hands are tied. And you don't actually have the answer on your roster right now. What can you do? It, it, I know that we want to believe that defense can win games. You still got to score points, right? right. Eventually, and so like,
0: it's going to catch up to you, right? There was smoke and mirrors for uh, however wow. long early in this year. Losing, losing the uh, uh, the uh, point different point differential is one thing, but no. losing uh, the yardage situation week in and week out and still winning—that's an anomaly, man. Like that's eventually going to catch up to you.
1: And it did, you know, it, it finally did. There were points. You're right. There was a point, Rondae, where I think if they were nine or nine games in and they had lost the total yard by, it was, I can't remember the whole number, but they'd lost it every game, but they were still right. finding ways to win. And at seven and seven right now, obviously it's still in the playoff hunt, but I don't know what the solution is, right? I don't, I don't see the answer. Like some of these teams, you can just say, all right, well, just run some screens, right? Run the right. ball more. You know, slow, take, you know, take the air out of the ball, slow, you know, win the time possession battle, punt field, play field position and win the defense. Like they can't even do that because they can't score. And so right. to me, since he has a humongous edge here because they're playing with belief and they and, and Jake Browning, whether or not he's good enough or not, doesn't matter. Uh, because they have such good talent. He gets the ball in the hands of his guys, and they go make plays for him. That's what that's what I was alluding to last week with the Yak King stuff, right? Um, but they those guys accept that challenge, and they 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 found a way to score 24 points in the fourth quarter in overtime to steal a game last weekend against the Minnesota Vikings. It made no sense because watching that game as you you and I both were for the first half in a in a in a little bit. It was like, yeah, these, these, these Bengals are frauds. <laughs> right. And
0: then they weren't. <laughs> right. I think, I think uh, well, I think the entire NFC needs to be thanking the Cincinnati Bengals, gift wraps, whatever, uh, for beating uh, Minnesota. Because Minnesota was going to put themselves in a pretty good playoff position spot uh, had they won that football game. But to answer the question, the challenges that Pittsburgh's facing, you almost have to give credit to Mike Tomlin. I know I'm a homer. He's my guy. I love the dude. But you have to give credit for the job that he is doing. Because the offense is so anemic, right? We know Mitch Trubisky is not the guy, and we're going to see Mason Rudolph this week. He's already announced that he he'll be the starter. Uh, what what that looks like, I, I I don't know. I actually have forgotten. I've completely forgotten what Mason Rudolph looks like as a quarterback and how he plays. Even though I know he played some pretty decent stretches uh, in 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 the, uh, before Kenny Pickett uh, era started two a year and a half ago, um, but. He's got guys on his team, and this is a, like a proud franchise, right? He's got guys on his team that all they want to do is bitch. They don't want to be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Right? The, 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 the images of George Pickens, who I think is a really good receiver, the way that he is playing, with the effort that he is refusing to give to the sport is pretty bad, man. Like You can coach, scheme. You can coach, you know, positioning, you can coach the little variances of the game that make big difference. The one thing you can't coach is effort. The only way, the only way to curb lack of effort is to sit the dude down. That's the only way to do it. Now I don't know that he's got the Ability to do that, or you know, because they
1: need them. Well, he doesn't have a, he doesn't have the replacements.
0: <laughs> well, that too. But like, you need George Pickens to be a great player, right? You need Najee Harris to be a great player, right? We know that Jalen Warren, Warren is going to play hard. That dude plays hard. You know, whether they're up twenty or down fifty, um yeah. he's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be a, a, a tone setter. I feel like Pittsburgh doesn't have any tone setters on offense, man. And until they find it, maybe it's the quarterback. Maybe it's the quarterback this year. And he galvanizes and gets all these guys going, uh, and and then they put up a fight. Because this is a division game, right? This late in the season, division game against you know the Cincinnati Bengals at home. They shouldn't be underdogs at yeah. home. Yet they are.
1: Yeah, as I look and try to evaluate this game, it makes me want to go to um, coaching. It makes me want to go to Pittsburgh in December. It makes me want to go to... This is a black and blue division, and Mike Tomlin has proved year over year over year for 15 of them that he's going to find a way to to win this game. And so they're, they're home dogs. It's impossible for me to not take them, right? It's impossible for me to not say, yes, Pittsburgh will find a way to get it done. Part of it's because, I mean, yeah, Jake Browning had a phenomenal fourth quarter last week, but I still don't see it. I still don't believe it. If that if he's that guy, he is one of those backups though that's getting it done. Him and Joe Flacco and and some of these other ones, right? But I'm with uh, you. I'm with you on the uh, on the uh, money line here. I'll take one ten plus one ten. Right. And so for me, I can't help but think Pittsburgh is going to find a way to figure it out, simply because they always do. Now this might be the season, and I think we'll get into this a little bit later and ask you, ask me sex, uh segment of our of our show where things might be coming to an end or at least in some people's minds, perceptually, it could be coming to a, to an inflection point in Pittsburgh, but I, I can't predict that until I see it. Right. Right.
0: Well, this is literally the, the it's going to come down to the play of backup quarterbacks. Cause this is literally the year of the backup quarterback. There's two of them in this game. Yeah. You know, obviously uh, they're the Browns uh, in this division have, Played what four quarterbacks, more quarterbacks than anybody in football. Like, all of them have game winning drives, right? They're all like have won important games in important ways. It's like no wonder the Ravens are winning the NFC, AFC North. Right. Uh, right. The, only, <laughs> the only one that's had the same quarterback, and Lamar's you know playing at a potentially uh MVP level, which you called by the way, like a month ago, right? Kudos to you, dude. It's the backup quarterback, Drew Locke goes and you know, Drew
1: Locke. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
0: See website for details. Beat a team that we once thought was the best in the NFC. Yeah. Last week, um, ten teams in the AFC. I, think I had to look this up. Eight in the AFC have started backups this year, and of those now, six playoff-contending teams in the AFC wow. and five playoff-contending teams in the NFC are starting backup quarterbacks. I mean, I don't know where I'm going with this. It's just. This is the quarterback. quarterback. They've never seemed more relevant than they have this year.
1: Well, we know all the, the established starters, they were started retiring three or so years ago. You know, the Ben Roethlisberger's of the world, the Matt Ryan's who's in the booth with me these days. And, you know, Eli, obviously it's just Phillip rivers. Like once those guys go, you have to replace them. And there are some veterans who are getting chances to start like Geno Smith is one, but I mean, it's, it's, Gino's he's, I love his story, but he's limited. There's a reason that he was a backup and didn't really become, um, you know, a pro bowl quality player until he was 32. Um, And as, and so the only alternative was all these young players and these young players just don't have the experience. They haven't seen it all. They don't have the experience. They don't, they don't know how to play and win in December. And so you get this up and down like notion of football and, um, therefore, some of these other guys can win, right? Yeah. It's not like they're winning beautifully. Drew Locke wasn't, you know, a, a, a Hall of Fame, you know, quality performance on Sunday night. It was, I mean, Monday night, it was one drive, all right? We have to, <laughs> yeah, I think we have to always temper because they were good games. Like some of these yeah. games, bad
0: back, backup quarterbacks, they were good games, and you just, right. it's, it's still football. I mean, I think we all want to see it's not soccer it's not the beautiful game right yeah. it's ugly like it's gonna like it's gonna have to work out right because it, 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 everything is not always perfect on the football field it's too impossible to execute perfectly to have a perfectly beautiful football game especially when you're playing with backup quarterbacks it's well, just not
1: dude think about cleveland like everybody is lauding joe flacco right now oh, it's a second straight 300 yard he threw three interceptions in yeah. this game of them Bad. They were really bad. Like, what are you? What are you even thinking or looking at? And I know people who didn't watch this game. They'll look at the stats and say, "Oh, it was just Justin Fields sucked. Oh, he's two interceptions. Justin Fields' two interceptions were a hail mary at the end of the half, desperation play at the end of the half, whatever interception, and then a ball at the end of the game where Darnell Mooney had it in his Belly tr- over caught it tried to catch it too aggressively kicked it in the air and it was intercepted it should have been the game-winning touchdown right, right? and so you look at the stats and you say oh Justin Fields played terrible actually he didn't the team no. just, they just lost yeah. and Justin Fields had two improbable interceptions at the end of in, end of halves and you know one of which should have been caught and won the game yet right. Because the the Browns won, we're lauding Joe Flacco like he was this great back backup, and it's like, yeah, come on, you got to. And that's the challenge. Like, if you don't watch these games and yeah. you just look at highlights or stats, it's going to lie to you because the game is full of mediocrity. I mean, the whole game, the NFL as a right. whole, is full of mediocrity. And so, in order to tell the story about teams, you actually have to look at it. And not to
0: discount Joe Flacco. He is throwing for three hundred plus yards, and his Browns are nine and five right now. So, I know,
1: right. I mean, look at, at the end of the day, he wins. <laughs> he wins. He's won. And as much as people don't talk enough about Kevin Stefanski, the yeah. dude's done a hell of a job right. stabilizing a situation right. after after his quarterback situation went. This is, a this, lot. is
0: this is, this is a, a obviously a conversation starter for another time, but. I think we should have a conversation at some point about judging a head coach on how he's coached his backup quarterback and his team.
1: No doubt. Cuz oh, anybody right. can
0: win with a starter. By the you way, know. we
1: because this is the year of the of the backup, we should actually definitely have that conversation. Next yeah. week we'll do that. Because some, there there are going to be backups that are playing and maybe competing for championships. Yes. Like NFC or AFC championships. Yes. That could 100%. that could absolutely happen. And If you're discounting the coach, then you do it at your own peril. All right. All right, Rondé. Let's uh, take a break here. We'll get back to the Ask You, Ask Me segment of the program. Got some good questions, a couple of good questions, and then we'll close it out. But you can refer a friend and earn a $50 bonus this season with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in sports wagering and you don't wanna miss their refer a friend bonus. All you gotta do is click on the refer a friend link under your profile in Superbook's app and share the promo code with your friends and you'll get a $50 bonus for everyone who registers using your code. So if you register one person, it's 50. Two, it's a hundred. Four, it's two hundred. And up and up and up and up. So, win some money by wagering and win some money referring this referring this season with SuperBook Sports. Visit SuperBook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Welcome back, segment three of Rondé and Tiki, presented by SuperBook. Ask you, ask me. Rondé, I'll go first. I called the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Green Bay Packers this past weekend. Uh, Baker was exceptional. Only the second perfect passer rating in Lambeau Field history. The other one was Aaron Rodgers back in 2019. So the only visiting player with a perfect passer rating, 370-something yards, four touchdowns. He was he was ridiculous. The Green Bay Packers could not get off the field in the second half. Was this an anomaly, or is just this their game, up and down? Sometimes they play great. Sometimes they play average. But Baker's been a gamer, right? How and can they win the NFC South? That's a great
0: question. And you kind of stole my thunder there, and I'll (laughs) I'll rephrase it. Are you hot or is this your game? (laughs) That's how you got to ask the question. (laughs) Did you just have a hot hand or is this who you really are now? I, I remember back in the day, my coaches, Mike Tomlin, always be like, hey, man, you had two picks. You had a sack, you know. Are you hot or is this your game? And I think the Bucs are asking themselves right now, Baker, are you hot or is this your game? To me, I think he was hot because he was playing a bad Packers defense. And I know Joe Barry's under a lot of uh, heat right now in Green Bay, but the Packers defense hasn't been great. You did this game. You know this. They've they've given up a lot of plays. They're not structurally poor, but individually – at the wrong time, they seem to always be poor. Uh, and look, Baker. Uh, I did a breakdown of the Bucks, a couple of plays for for their website this week, and I, so I had to go back and watch the game. And Baker was on fire, man! Like mm-hmm. hey, he, tight window throws. Uh, third down completions. There's a couple of third and longs that he completed. One of them was on a screen, one of them was on a, a, a perfectly designed opposite high low pass where he moved up in the pocket and found Mike Evans from the slot deep down for, for a big completion. And so, I think Baker was hot. I think he's capable of this. You know, he can wake up feeling dangerous any day of the week, dude. The yeah. guy, he's that's the definition of a game gamer when you can wake up feeling dangerous. But the real, I think. Latitudes here should go to the offensive coordinator, Dave Canales, who was in his first year calling plays for the Bucs. And over the last month of the season, you did these guys a couple of weeks ago before, right? You know this. They have evolved from a team that was only outside mid zone, trying to do like all that half roll boot play action to a team that's actually running gap scheme and getting real play action looks now where, where linebackers are having to move up and say, oh, I got to risk respect to run Rashad White's playing well so yes can he make the playoffs to make a run absolutely because Dave Canales's evolution as a play caller that is now really manif- manifesting itself into the dangerous looking Baker Mayfield this game this was the best game I've seen Baker play maybe in his career um no it was yeah he had a couple of like he had a couple of uh, like a uh, like heaters in in Cleveland but this one was real this one was you know Baker in the pocket, not creating out of the pocket, not doing stupid stuff. He looked like a pocket-passing quarterback with the ability to change a game, and he did, and it really stemmed from the end of the game the week before against Atlanta where he led that 75-play game-winning touchdown drive. That guy's like, been there ever since now. Uh, they got a huge game this week too, Tiki. It's uh, a pick game Sunday, 4 o'clock uh, versus the Jags, and we, I know we didn't, didn't talk about the AFC uh, South, uh, this week, but we will next week. Uh, if you're looking to tune in, minus 110 <laughs> in yeah. a pick game, this one's going to be fun to watch. Probably won't get a lot of money out of it, but it's a great one.
1: All right, Tiki, I got to yeah, ask. The only thing I got to add to that, Rondé, is the reason Dave Canales had such success this week is Devondre Campbell is their nickel linebacker, one of their nickel. They don't yeah, have a time package, right? So, and so, but I have to bring this up because all of those third downs, Right to Chris Godwin, they were on the linebacker. Yeah, and the care. touchdown, the touchdown to David, yeah, Moore, David Moore. we don't care. I was don't on a linebacker. Yeah. And by the way, David Moore, score the damn touchdown before you start celebrating. Right.
0: We don't care about the, we don't care about those intricacies. That's only if you watch the game or care yeah. about the Buccaneers well, or I
1: mean the almost or the <laughs>
0: Which whatever, whatever. Tiki. All right. My question to you. We talked about the Pittsburgh Steelers a little bit earlier and Obviously, that brings into the heated discussion about Mike Tomlin. And Pittsburgh fans probably don't realize how good they have it. This team is probably winning five games last year. They probably only have three wins this year without a coach that could put you in position and motivate you to the point past your level of competence, (laughs) right? Is that a good way to say that? Um, Mike Tomlin right now is being pined for in New York by Jets fans. They might want to trade for him. I mean, I, I I live in Tampa. I'm not listening to the post or the, whatever rags that you guys adhere to, get all your news from. But the question though, is Mike Tomlin really on the hot seat?
1: No, Mike Tomlin is not on the hot seat. The Jets just want a savior. The Jets have wanted a savior for years. You go back to when Brett Favre came to the New York Jets and they knew he was going to be here for a year only because he didn't want to be here. He wanted to be in Minnesota but the Green Bay Packers wouldn't trade Brett Favre directly to Minnesota because they're in the same division. So why are we going to cut our nose off despite our face? So they traded him to the Jets. He didn't want to be here, right? But he was a savior for the Jets. The same thing happened with Rex Ryan when they bring Rex Ryan in. He's our savior. Same thing happened when they they now bring in Aaron Rodgers. He's the savior. But they also kind of don't trust Robert Sala and Joe Douglas, the general manager, or Nathaniel Hackett, our good buddy and offensive coordinator. And so they want a savior, and that savior to them is Mike Tomlin because Mike Tomlin feels like he's on the hot seat. For whatever reason, Steeler fans think that they can go find someone better. And when you have the track record that Mike Tomlin has, um, consistency that he has, you're not going to find someone better. Now, if Mike Tomlin was 70 – like Bill Belichick, I, I get it. Mike Tomlin's 52 years old, right? He's got a lot of youth and vitality left in him, vitality left in him. Um, he's not actually on the hot seat, despite Jet fans wanting him to be so that they can replace Robert Sala with Mike Tomlin. I don't think it's happening because, as, as has always been the case, when you make a big move like that, the real question is, and then what? All right. I, I
0: Dude, and the only and i will add something to this. Uh, in in 2024, going into the next year's season, I'm I'm just predicting, just conservatively predicting, nine jobs going to be open. There's already three out there, right? There's likely another one coming in the NFC South at some point. Maybe maybe one in the AFC South at some point. Like there's going to be jobs open. And to be honest with you, the most coveted one is the Los Angeles Chargers. By the way, just Besides the point. So if you fire Mike Tomlin, he's going somewhere immediately. Like the next day, he'll have a job. And then you got to say, which young guru guru are we bringing into Pittsburgh? And you know what Pittsburgh doesn't do? Bring in unproven guys. <laughs> they just don't do it. They've had proven guys all the way across the you know, their last three coaches. Cowher, Tomlin, Chuck Knoll, three coaches in 60 years. They're all proven. I don't think they're going to go knee jerk after a probably nine and seven season that you might see them make the playoffs.
1: The only reason I'd push back on LA being the most coveted job is that with all due respect, nobody gives a shit out there. (laughs) They will if you win. They will if you win. We called the the Broncos game. There were more Broncos fans than there were Charger fans. Yeah. They'd had the legends. They had the Chargers' legends come on on the field. There was no clapping, like from right. the '60s to the to Ladanian Tomlinson. That's Nobody bad. was clapping for those guys. Oh, I felt yeah. bad, man. <laughs> bad. All right, so,
0: so those are the bad games. Buffalo, Los Angeles Chargers. That's the bad game this week. But there are some Christmas present games this week. Tiki Sunday Night Football. Go to bed early. There's no Sunday Night Football this week, so go to bed early. Because you're going to wake up and see three games on Christmas Day, which is awesome. But before that, uh, the game of the week. And I, I say it's game week because Dallas, it's not the game of the week, but it's the game of the early part of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Dallas at Dolphins. This is Dolphins are favored by one and a half at home. Um, they have 125 on the money line. The Cowboys plus a 105 on the money line. Dallas was completely dismantled last week. We talked about that. Uh, Given up however, I mean, is, is James he's, Cook still he's, running? He's still running right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 266 yards that the Dallas Cowboys gave up on the ground. Um, they look like a team that are only good when they're front runners. Um, but that being said, if you look at the schedule, the Dolphins have yet to be a quote unquote good team. Well, Give your take have- on Dallas. <laughs> miami (laughs) dallas at miami this weekend
1: neither of the cowboys since they're the same team right they have these these potentially great moments and these these big humongous blowout wins yet they haven't done it to anybody of quality and when the cowboys got faced with one on the road in very chilly environment up in, in buffalo they laid an egg and so I don't know what to expect out of this game other than a ton of points. 51 seems tepid, right? That's only 25 and a half per team. I think this is going to be a 70-point game when it's all said and done because both these teams want to score. I'm not saying they're incapable of defense because the Cowboys actually have a really good defense, but the one thing where they're vulnerable, as we saw last week, is in the run game. And you know what the Dolphins want to do more than anything? Run the football with Raheem Mostert, who has 20 damn touchdowns. Right. We talk about Christian McCaffrey and his prolific season that he's having out in San Francisco. The former running back for the 49ers, Raheem Mostert, has got 20 touchdowns already. And so uh and with H chan back, like they they're going to present a challenge. I think this is a shootout. Um, even though the, the Cowboys are are dogs here, and it's really just a point. So it's kind of a pick 'em. I would take the Cowboys in this one because I think they rebound um after last week's egg that they laid against the against the uh the Buffalo Bills. And Miami, um, I mean, I love them. I love I love watching their offense. It's just fun. But I mean, they have one or two three and outs. You 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 sit on some of those quick throws, then Tua doesn't know what to do with the football. So I like Dallas.
0: Dallas has not scored 20 points in four games this year. No, three games this year. They lost all three of them. right they did lose they scored 23 points against the the eagles uh i'm with you this is going to be a shootout 51 points that mean one one of those teams might have 51 points the way this (laughs) thing is gone i will say this you you mentioned it being cold in buffalo and they didn't show up it's kind of chilly in florida right now yeah cold front like it was 45 this morning when i was
1: oh wow so
0: i also got to come deal with that down (laughs) in south florida no i'm just kidding it's gonna be like 75 and probably beautiful um but, I, but i'm with you this is more or less it feels like a pick game it, it, i think it will be a both both these teams have already kind of solidified their places in the playoffs or their, at least their spot in the playoffs so it, it'll i think it'll be fun for that reason which i think will even make the point output even better um but i'm gonna go with miami in this one i think dallas is feeling not like themselves i mean having to go on the road uh, two weeks in a row now. Um, uh, makes it feel like that. I don't know that they feel like they're as good as they think they are. Mm. Like I last week, it felt like they almost gave up. Like that halfway through that game, I was like, they're not even trying to get back in this thing. Yeah. And if if they're not out front, and you know Miami can put it up on you quick. If they're not on out front, I, I can see them uh, getting rolled here again, at least by a point and a half. All right, professional football, Tiki is the gift that keeps on giving because probably the best game in 20 years <laughs> right it's been a long time since we had a game like this uh ravens at 49ers 49ers are five and a half point favorites uh, both have already clinched, but this is a great third game on monday night this mm-hmm. is our monday during the day it's this is monday night but there's three games on monday this is a great finisher uh for for christmas week and uh football uh elite offense In San Francisco, elite defense in Baltimore. What do you got?
1: Well, it's also elite offense in Baltimore and pretty damn good defense in San Francisco as well. This is a preview of the Super Bowl, to be honest with you. And all of the real MVP candidates, because we keep wanting to throw Dak in that conversation. Mm -hmm. But the real MVP candidates are Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy, and Christian McCaffrey. They're playing in this game. And yeah. so it's th- this is the ultimate chess match. It's and it's and it's so old school versus new school. Right. Because John Harbaugh is not trying to do uh, anything really profound, but we know that he wants to play good defense, which he has done. And we know that Lamar Jackson in this offense, which is leading the league in rushing with 20, almost 2,300 yards through uh, 14 games are, they like to take the air out of the ball, right? They want to control time possession. Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson are just, they're going to, they're going to grind you to death. And then eventually Lamar tries to make these, make these big plays downfield. And with Odell Beckham Jr. Playing the way that he's playing and even without Mark Andrews, they've had, they've had some explosion in their, in their, in their past game. So, it sounds very similar to what the 49ers do. So to me, this game is a is a is a, a match of two very similar offenses, but the coaching philosophies are, are different, right? So it's like Kyle Shanahan wants to confuse you and you know throw the side candy with motion and all these movements and then let their skill positions kind of just you know run around you, run away from you. Whereas John Harbaugh and, and this 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 uh, this uh, big, uh, this this uh, Ravens offense wants to kind of methodically just lull you to sleep and then hit with your big plays. Um, but the challenge to me is going to be on the 49ers because I think they they could get stuck in an urgent, like, mode. Like, they're going to be forced to be patient for the first time in a long time, and I think that advantages the, the Baltimore Ravens in this game. I am
0: not – Entirely disagreeing with you, I think this is going to go 49ers. But I could tell you this: Keaton Mich- Mitchell not being on the Baltimore Ravens, I think, is going to change their offense a little bit. That guy was—he was special, man. Uh, and and I know he was—he's a obviously bit player to Lamar and you know yeah. the, you know the the rest of their <laughs> offense. But the reality is. He was a game changer, man. Like his nine yards per carry, which it felt like – I don't know what his actual yards per carry were, but it felt like it was nine yards every time he touched the football. That's going to be missed. I know in, in San Francisco – we know San Francisco has that. You know, they have the uh, – yes, they have the the, the gadgets. that. And, and I don't mean that Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kidd, they're, they're not They're all gadgets, right? They have so many different methods to get those guys involved that they can blow you out. And the one challenge, uh, and I think in order for Baltimore to, to really be represented in this game, if you don't stop Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey is the best runner I've ever seen. Last week, he got hit awkwardly going to the ground. His leg was kind of inverted. You know, it was an obvious tweak to his MCL. The dude goes to the sideline, starts rubbing on his knee, tells the trainer to come over, puts a little makeshift deal on it and goes back out and doesn't look like he injured his MCL at all. I'm like, it was obvious that he hurt himself. And the dude just went out and continued to dominate that football game. And I think if Baltimore's not able to control him, five and a half doesn't seem like a lot right, to me. Because Baltimore, I don't think, I don't think can quite keep up with the explosion offense that San Francisco's been putting up recently. I mean, there's a reason why Brock Purdy is, vaulted himself into the MVP conversation, right? He has great talent, but he's playing really, really well. You know, and this goes back to say Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, without him, Brock Purdy's not MVP candidate. today. I will stick by that. But Brock Purdy is playing some damn good football. And it's only because he has the compliment of a fantastic runner. Uh, and Christian McCaffrey, so I'm looking at this one, uh, and I know Baltimore's lead defense. I, I know I led with that, but I think the elite offense wins out in this case, in a touch at five and a half, two two field goals. Um, I think I think I think San Francisco can can cover that. So give me the 49ers at home. They're rolling, best team in the NFL right now. I'll stick with them.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Baltimore here, getting five and a half points. I trust Mike McDonald to have a plan for Christian McCaffrey. You know, last week you saw Chris McCaffrey just kind of running free. It was, was that one play. He just kind of – like he was wide open. He fell down got up, scored a touchdown. Right. It's like, <laughs> I mean, if there's one guy that you want to know where he is, it's yeah. probably Chris McCaffrey. All right. I mean, it, was, you know, it, was
0: it was Arizona. It was Arizona. I know.
1: Dude, it, I mean, what was it? I don't even know what the defense they were playing. It was probably the same thing that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had problems with, that cover three carrying the wheel yeah. thing. Right. But it was just kind of like – I mean, really? (laughs) You're just going to let him go? Yeah, yeah, he's fine. (laughs) Somebody back there has got him. Yeah, somebody's got him. There's nobody back there, dude. He fell down and got up and scored it.
0: The defense will take care of that. Yeah, when he's in the end
1: zone. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think that the Baltimore Ravens and Mike McDonald are going to allow easy stuff like that to happen. Make them earn it. Much better,
0: much start, better players uh, in uh, in Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen and, yes, <laughs> and yeah. Marlon Humphrey and Kyle Hamilton, Calvin uh, Noy. Much better players than uh, whatever Arizona tried out there. Yeah, you're right.
1: All right, that does it for this Week 16 edition of Rondé and Tiki, presented by Superbook. Um, have a great week. Oh, by the way, that was the ugliest draw between Liverpool and Man United I ever could have imagined. That's a success for Might me. See, we hey,
0: 34 hey,
1: shots and no hey, goals. Hey, we uh we parked the bus
0: though, so we did our job. No,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ten back. Are we even to
0: try to score? No, we did not. <laughs> <laughs> At all. Terrible. All right, dude. I'll all right, dude. Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas.
0: The Ronde and Tiki podcast is produced by SuperBook Sports. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in Colorado, Maryland, Nevada, New Jersey, Ohio, and Tennessee. In Iowa, call 1 800 BETSOFF or visit 800BETSOFF.org. In Arizona, call 1
1: 800 NEXT STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342.